Good afternoon and uh, a very warm welcome. Are you warm enough? Because I can't give you a warm welcome if you're all cold. So uh, anyway, yeah, it is. It'll warm up anyway. So um, yeah, good afternoon. So lovely to see everybody here this afternoon. Is um, anyone here for the first time to a Brahma Kumari's program? One, two, three. Okay, so most welcome to all of you. And uh, just one minute of introduction to our organization. We're the Brahma Kumari's World Spiritual University, and we study and teach a form of yoga called Raja Yoga, which is a yoga for the mind. It's not a headstanding yoga or a tie yourself in knots yoga. It's a yoga for the mind. So um, everything we do is connected with the understanding and teachings of Raja Yoga. So it's a, we're a spiritual university. We look at everything from a spiritual perspective. And all of the talks that we have, you know, come back to those roots. So we started in India, 1930s. And these ideas came to the West in the 70s, early 70s, into London. And then from London, we have now centers in over 135 countries. So spirituality is something that links us all together. And the essence of spirituality really is in, summed up in the two words we use a lot, which are Om Shanti. Om Shanti means Om, means I. And shanti means peace. So I, the being of peace. So that's the essence, really, the core essence of, uh, of the teachings of Raj Yoga. So this afternoon we've got the topic, Keeping My Heart Clean. Keeping My Heart Clean. So, uh, well, Joanna is our speaker. Joanna is uh, from the Isle of Man. She's based in the Isle of Man. Anyone knows where the Isle of Man is? How many people have been there? One, two, three, and I'm myself four. Well, it's a beautiful place. It's a it's very very tiny little island between Ireland and uh, and Liverpool. I should think is the other side. It's a very beautiful little island. It's um, very mystical and magical. It's uh, it's it's like Scotland and Ireland because it must have been connected at some point. But it's a very beautiful place to go and see. It's still got some very tiny little villages. Anyway, Joanna is a, a big person on a small island. She's, uh, she teaches uh, psychology um, in, um, in further education, I think, in that kind of field. Uh, so she's very, got very much an interest in what goes on in the psyche and what goes on inside the head, but also today's topic is what's going on inside the heart. So I'd like to welcome Joanna to come to the front. Much, Linda. Can everyone hear me okay? Great. Well, it's very nice to be here, and I uh, hope you're all warm enough. I'm feeling quite warm, so it'll be fine. Anyway, warm hearts. Well, cold hands, warm hearts. <laughs> so we'll concentrate on the hearts, warming the hearts. Um, so I'd like to explore, um, first of all, a little bit about some of my understanding of what I've been learning about the heart or the heart space or the heart 
um, approach. And then I'm going to um, talk about uh, cleaning the heart. And I've brought along from the Isle of Man <laughs> uh, my cleaning caddy. So uh, we'll be looking at some cleaning materials and how we can apply them to our hearts. So first of all, um, I wanted just to say, well, maybe I'll just talk a little bit, first of all, about... Because when I was first asked to do this talk, uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting, because this is something that I've really been working on, I suppose, um, especially in the last two years, because although I'm still teaching psychology a bit, I resigned from my sort of full-time post uh, about two years ago. And... I don't know if anyone's ever done psychology. Has anyone actually studied psychology sort of as a subject at A-level or anything like that? Yeah, well, it's, it's quite an intensive subject. Um, and it has, you know, a lot of research methods and, and a very broad spectrum of different subjects. So I found when I was teaching full-time that my head had to be really, really full of a lot of content and even though I've had the, a meditation practice and I've been studying spirituality um, for, you know, over 25 years, I still found that a lot of my time was spent in what I would call more of a head space. So I'm just going to explore a little bit more of what I mean by that. Because... Um, Oh, I think I might have to stand over here in a minute, or now, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, so the headspace is much more of a doing consciousness. And I employ much more thinking. This is in terms of my approach to maybe relationships, my approach to problems that come into my life, for example. Uh, so... Um, I will approach, you know, if I, if I have a problem, I'll start really thinking about it and I'll start doing something about it. And, of course, sometimes that is the right approach. And I will start to analyze and think a lot and think a little bit more and maybe a bit more. And then I'll start the kind of planning. And it's all about, you know, more what's, hap what's going to happen in the future rather than the present moment. You know, more striving, achieving, that kind of thing and a lot of organizing. And of course, as a teacher, you have to do a lot of planning and a lot of analyzing and a lot of, a lot of organizing. And it's all about knowledge. It's all about knowledge that you get from outside. Uh, and then the heart space, which I had been really exploring in meditation, um, is more the state of being, uh, feeling, and using, rather than thinking about everything, it's more just keeping that open space inside to be able to sense and use my intuition more. Because I've always been more of a head person, I feel. You know, I've always approached things much more that way. More about nurturing and letting go. You know, more, I suppose you could say in a way it's, it's more... It appears, anyway, to be a bit more passive, and this appears to be a bit more active. Letting go intuiting and more about tuning into that inner wisdom. And what I, f what I feel is that this side, and I don't know what you think, but 
this side um, tends to be much more valued in our society. Do you feel that that's the case? Yeah, so, uh, and it's very easy to get into the doing mode and really neglect this whole area. Does anyone relate to that? That, that? That's the area that tends to get neglected. And like I say, even though I was doing a meditation practice, and so I, we need the balance of the two, don't we? To, to function in everyday life. We need the balance of the two. But uh, it's much easier to do things than just, you know, it's like when you first start meditating, it sort of feels a bit strange because you think, well, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And that feels, well, I should be doing something. And sometimes we can feel almost guilty because we're not doing anything. Has anyone had that? experience yeah so we're quite kind of quite conditioned into into this doing but um what what can happen uh when we get a li- when we get out of balance is that we get you know this gets neglected and so we're not really dealing with our feelings and it's very easy to just feel something and then it just gets pushed down or pushed away and in this way sometimes we can end up um, having little blockages so it's like we're storing feelings and it can end up being a kind of blockage in our whole energy and sometimes these kinds of blockages of course manifest themselves in our body because they're a blockage of energy. And so, you know, sometimes it can manifest in some kind of illness or... uh, And, of course, the externalization of our uh, feeling space, our heart space, is our physical heart. And in the Isle of Man, for many years now, I've done uh, a talk about meditation to uh, a cardiac rehab group. And uh, this group are people who, most of them are people who've had a heart attack uh, or, you know, some kind of heart problem or they're, you know, family related to someone who's had, the, who's had something like that. And, um, I mean, first of all, the interesting thing about uh, a heart attack is that uh, it's when we have these, you know, we have all these tiny, tiny arteries which are about the size of a, the inside of a biro. And slowly, slowly, when we're neglecting our lifestyle, for example, I mean, there's lots of different causes, of course, but it's like all this plaque gathers on the inside of these arteries, and slowly, slowly, they get all sort of furred up and blocked, and it's when they get completely blocked that we have this heart attack. And... You know, it's quite a nice sort of demonstration of how um, we can allow things to sit in our heart, and to st- and when we just keep them there, and sometimes they're often below conscious awareness, it can create uh, a reaction. You know, especially if we've kept something about somebody and we haven't looked at it, and then all of a sudden uh, they're there in front of us and they've said something to us, and you know, suddenly we react. And that reaction seems to come out of nowhere. 
And yet it's often something that's sort of built up slowly. You know, it's sort of lodged in our heart. And it's just stayed there and it's got added to over time. Uh, and I suppose the other interesting thing is, is about the heart thing, you know, the physical heart thing, is that um, when I've, often when I've talked to people uh, who are at the sessions, they often say, well, you know, I had the signs of this for a long time before. But I was too busy. You know, one of one woman actually was she was looking after her mother, and she was too busy, you know, caring for for her mother to be able to actually care for herself. And so, you know, slowly, slowly it built up, and eventually she had a heart attack, and of course then she couldn't look after her mother anyway. So this thing about just neglecting our feelings, and that that neglect can lead to uh, uh, this build-up inside. Um, so what if, if, if I ask you the question, um, what kinds of feelings, what kinds of feelings do you think we... Yeah, what kinds of feelings? I forgot what I was going to ask now. Uh, what kinds of feelings? Um, yeah, do we uh, want to clean out of our hearts? Anger, guilt. Hurt, negative, lack of forgiveness, resentment. resentment. <laughs> Sorry? Shame, jealousy. Worry. Sorry? Bitterness. Hate. <laughs> so, I don't know whether my cleaning caddy is going to be up to this. <laughs> Loneliness. Oh, that's a good one. Sorry? Frustration. Arrogance. God, I'm running out of room here. Blame. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Pride. <laughs> I think I left one. I've missed one, I think, as well. Regret. Yes. Impatience. Attachment. Right. Envy. Oh. I think I might have to employ the employer cleaning firm at this rate. <laughs> I don't think my, my little caddy will do. Yeah. Okay. So, so if we if we did, you know, clear out all of this, all of these different feelings, what what would we actually be left with? 
Ah. Love. Neutral, kind of balanced. Yeah, sort of bit maybe detached or sorry, just, just balanced. What have I missed? Calm. Acceptance. Wisdom. Peace. Purity. It's probably is that is this big enough at the back? <laughs> Purity. Generosity. Clarity. Anything I've missed? Compassion. Running out of space. Faith. Space. Oh, do you say faith or space? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gratitude. Mm. Mm. Sorry? Passion? Strength. Lovely, lovely. So um, this, all this looks uh, far, uh, far more pleasant than uh, than all of that. <laughs> so when we talk about um, the heart of the self or the the core self, then really these are the kinds of qualities. Because if we want to get rid of all of that, it must mean that all of this is already in there. But what can happen, I think, is that the way that we uh, express all of these qualities from within, if this is like our inner energy, for example, the soul space, the the inner being, uh, the way that we express these qualities is through our thoughts, Feelings, beliefs, uh, thoughts, feelings, attitudes, but then there is it's another circle on top of that, which is like all our roles, relationships, all the external things, the temporary things, Uh, roles, relationships, uh, our external appearance, for example. And often our thoughts, beliefs and attitudes, you know, often what happens is that we neglect this whole area this inner being, we neglect 
to look after this, to experience this. And of course, you know, when you're doing something like meditation, it helps a lot because you're going into that quiet space and you're finding these qualities and experiences inside. And therefore, what happens is that these tend to flow into our attitudes, our thoughts, our feelings, and then those in turn inform the way that we are, the, the way that we act, the way that we are in our relationships, and in the, in the way that we play our roles, for example. But where we neglect this space to really nurture these qualities and this space inside, then we, our beliefs and our attitudes tend to come from uh, trying to play our roles and interact in our relationships without that real knowledge of who we are. And instead, we're trying to get these experiences, you know, happiness, peace, love. We're trying to get our happiness, peace, love, wisdom, from this outer ring. And, of course, everything in this outer ring is always is temporary and it's always changing and it's very transient. So, you know, we might find that source of love uh, through our relationships, for example. But then something changes and, you know, the, that love is no longer there for us. And so our thoughts and our feelings, we get very hurt, quite damaged. Whereas if we're really coming from this space, because these kinds of qualities are eternal, so they're always there for us, this heart space, this, this inner space. And so uh, really nurturing and looking after that space means that our thoughts and feelings are coming from that and then they're flowing uh, flowing outwards does that does that make sense uh so being able to nurture that heart space is is really important and what i found um when I, after i'd given up work for a while well given it up temporary <laughs> but uh but still had a little bit of space. The first thing I noticed was, for example, you know, when I was out in nature, whereas before I was always kind of in this exercise mode, and I would just, you know, I'd just go along, which is also useful because it sort of gets the body going. But um, I found also that you know, going out into nature and actually just being. And I found that I would go out, you know, I used to go out for about 20 minutes, and instead I would go out and I would just be so much more observant and I would be so much more in the moment and I would really be sensing and intuiting and, and tuning into what was around me. So it was a very different mode of operating and I found that that had a real impact in terms of it, it felt like my heart was opening i was clearing a space away from 
moving into a different space, you know, from this, all this sort of doing, thinking, uh, analyzing. And I was moving much more into that being and feeling space. And I was able to notice a lot more of what was going on inside. And I was able to notice much more in terms of, you know, little things that would come up. And then rather than just, well, I'm too busy, so I don't really have time to even think about that. You know, I would get a feeling and then I would just sort of, well, I've, I've got too many things to do, so I'm not going to deal with that now. Uh, and whereas when I had a bit more space, I was able to notice a lot more what was happening and be able to deal with that, be able to let it go. Uh, So this led me into looking at, you know, what kinds of ways can I actually clean the heart in a much more systematic kind of way. Uh, And so this is where it comes to my uh, my cleaning caddy. Let me just check that I've uh, missed something. I haven't missed anything out. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, one thing that uh, I haven't said is that um, it's really taking that 100% responsibility to keep this inner space cleaned up, clear and clean. And of course, that's, that's really quite difficult to do. But being able to notice what's going on really uh, helped me to be able to take that responsibility and let go of a lot of things like you know, blaming other people for what I was feeling. Uh, and this is really uh, where I, where my cleaning caddy comes in. So, first of all, um, I have my... I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> this reminds me of Ken Dodd. So, this, so, the first kind of cleaning I feel is really important is just that light cleaning that we need to do, well, this is to speak for myself, that I need to do on a regular basis. And the light cleaning is really about just pausing every so often and acknowledging what is going on inside myself. And, or maybe, yeah, pausing checking first of all then acknowledging and then just dropping it because you know I'm talking about the light cleaning I'm talking about you know when something happens with you know for example you might be in Tesco's and somebody runs into you with their shopping trolley you you know not a big deal but if you're if you're quite stressed anyway in your life that little incident can be a trigger, can't it? You know, it's like if I've been uh, accumulating feelings of stress throughout the day and then somebody runs into the back of me with their shopping trolley, 
you know, it, it can cause quite an eruption. But it's only a little small thing. And really, um, I should be able to deal with that with just a little bit of light cleaning. And that is, and I find, you know, what I do for myself is just through the day, just by stopping, pausing every so often and checking, you know, what, what, uh, checking in with myself, you know, what am I feeling? How am I thinking about this situation? And then, actually, sometimes it just takes an acknowledgement of where am I feeling that in my body? You know, wh wh what is that feeling? So if I've got some kind of annoyance or frustration, I take ownership of that and, and try and locate it. And then I just take a deep breath and just let it go. I just try and drop it because I don't really have any issues with this person, but it just takes a bit of an awareness not to start that whole build-up of just, you know, that's a frustration and that's a frustration. And the frustration can build into a... It, it can become a bit like a tinderbox where you just need one little thing and the whole thing sets on fire. So a little bit of uh, light cleaning where I just stop and check in with myself and then I can really just drop it quite quickly uh, if I have that real awareness. So that's a bit of light cleaning. Um, now, sometimes things tend to lodge a little bit deeper. So these are the kinds of interactions or feelings that crop up when, you know, in day-to-day -day relationships or, yeah, often maybe at work or maybe with family members, for example. And so something happens and, you know, there's some problem in the interaction. And so something gets lodged in my heart. And if I'm not careful that kind of lodging can very easily become a whole file. You know, where you have a whole file on somebody. And so every day they've done something and it kind of goes into the file. And then the next day they do something else and it goes into the file. And it's the file gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they just... It's, it's almost like you're waiting for them to do something. And, and you, you just have that impatience. That, okay, if they do that again, I'm going to... And so that frustration, that underlying frustration is there. So in order to, to uh, not build up that kind of file, it's, it's important to have certain strategies that you know, we can use. And, and I suppose strategies come from applying wisdom, you know, applying spiritual wisdom or spiritual knowledge in our lives. Uh, and just not, for example, one thing that I've learned uh, particularly from the head of the Brahma Kumaris, and some of you will maybe have, uh, know a bit about her, she's just coming up to her, her 100th uh, birthday in January. But she's always very big on this thing of not allowing 
yourself to hold on to negative uh, negative things about other people and, and of course about yourself because so often we hang on to things and that's when they just get lodged and they're very it's it's very difficult to you know the deeper that they lodged the more difficult it is to actually clean it out so something like fiber cloth I would recommend for that kind of uh, because it's gone in but it's not gone in too deeply yet so if I uh, then just with a little bit of uh, of water and and the maybe a bit of a I can then just very gently it's quite gentle and it's quite soft and that's a good thing also about this that's what I really like about this is that it's very soft isn't it it's not you know because often when we think about cleaning we think about scouring you know and that can be quite harsh and, and scratchy and can often cause quite a lot of damage even though it, it can feel good can't it because I really feel like I'm getting rid of the dirt but while I'm getting rid of the dirt I'm also causing some scratching and sometimes we can you know with our own feelings sometimes we can be quite harsh particularly when we've got we're holding on to some kind of a guilt some kind of guilt or or maybe holding on to some kind of mistake that I've made and when I do that I can be quite uh unkind to myself you know and that's where some of the scratching can can happen and take place um so yeah so these things so i always recommend well so far anyway we might get to some deeper cleaning later but uh so far um it's very gentle and it's all about having awareness and it's all about being able to stop now and again and be able to do this this gentle cleaning um, and with this, I maybe need to apply something. I mean, I know with microfiber cloths, you're actually just, you're not meant to uh, put anything with them, you know, like any spray polish or anything with them, because they're meant to be enough on their own, or glass cleaner or whatever. But uh, I'm always tempted to use something with it. Does anybody else do that? Use a bit of glass cleaner or whatever, because I never quite trust that they're going to do the job uh, properly. So um, I've got to find, what I find with this kind of cleaning is that I need to do the same as with the light cleaning in the, se in the sense that I need to stop and I need to acknowledge how it is that I'm feeling. This is very important because if I, if I clean it off or clean it up before I've actually acknowledged how it is that I'm feeling, then sometimes the dirt can go just a little bit deeper. So that acknowledgement part is really important, I feel. But then I've got to apply something. I've got to find an understanding that is going to help me to deal with this situation. So, I mean, for example, um, you know, sometimes we can, if somebody... Uh, somebody's uh, frustrated us in, in some way 
and uh, I might feel, well, they've been very selfish, for example. So I might be holding on to that selfishness. You know, I can start saying, this is where the beginning of the file, this person, you know, they're so selfish, they're so selfish. And then if I've actually stopped and I've acknowledged that this is the way that I'm feeling and that now I've got to apply something else uh, in order to change this feeling. So it's like I've got to check it and then I've got to change it. And what I need to do is, is find a quality that is perhaps opposite to that. So if I feel that person is being selfish, because, you know, what do we do when somebody's done, well, what the, when we think that somebody's done something, we keep thinking about it. And it's like we, rather than just letting it go, we kind of, we sit them down in our head and, and, and we give them a cup of tea and, the, and they move in. And then they're there until I decide to let go. And that can be quite a long time sometimes. You know, we can keep recycling that thought about what they've done or how, how they did it. Um, so, uh, so for the cleaning to take place, I need to find a remedy for that. So I need to find another quality, like if it's selfish, if I feel they're being very selfish, for example, I need to focus on generosity a completely opposite quality and really start to apply that very gently in my heart really focus on that and experience that and and uh if i've had a conflict with somebody to to bring that person to mind and instead of thinking about the conflict instead i just think about this conflict is over now in my mind, I let it go. I experience that as being something that I want to let go of. So, um, a, a microfiber cloth I would recommend too. Mm. And then, um, now this is a, a duster, but um, I don't know about you, but I tend to use dusters for polishing. So, you know, polishing something up. Uh, and that's also a tool, you know, a, a way of cleaning. It's about polishing up all these different qualities that we have inside here. And that means I need to bring them into my mind. And that this is where meditation is really helpful. I bring them into my mind and I really focus on those qualities and really experience them and even put them into action. I focus on my strengths, my qualities, and I put them into action. And the uh, positive psychology, they've done a lot of research in terms of use of your strengths, you know, actually using your strengths in new ways, new and creative ways. And they find that people who, first of all, find out about their strengths and then use them in a new way every day. So, for example, um, if, you, if your strength is generosity and 
you think about, well, how can I use that strength in a different way every day? Be creative with it. It actually increases people's levels of happiness and decreases people's levels of depression. You know, if you do this over a period of some weeks. So it's really worth finding out your strengths and using them in a new way every day. And that's a bit like polishing. But also, you know, just bringing up, bringing these these uh, experiences from inside and really polishing them, giving them a good polish. Now, the 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 final deep cleaning um, I couldn't bring with me because I, I'm only only came with hand luggage, so you know I'm not allowed to bring liquids or anything. But I have. This I don't use it so much because I don't think it's very ecologically friendly. But you know when the sink gets blocked and that stuff that you pour down the sink and it's it's quite a strong liquid but it just completely melts away all the hair and grime and it really gets into all the little tiny cracks. You know that stuff? It's all, all kinds of different uh, different types of this uh, this liquid um, and for that deep cleaning I think we really need to be ready to get to the bottom of our feelings and sometimes we don't actually need to go into, you know sometimes we carry things for over a long period of time and those feelings can, can build up and build up. And rather than, you know, sometimes people can actually try and find out, you know, what's, what's causing that, those feelings. But we don't always need to do that. But we need to open our hearts or open ourselves to re really deep self-compassion. That's one thing. And also to like the spiritual light so whether you call it the divine or god or supreme light or you know whatever it is that works for you but that deep cleaning can only happen when i allow all those spaces in my heart just to be open to the light just to be healed by that light and love and love is I mean I've talked about all these different uh, cleaning equipment but actually love is the most important cleaning material because we can't really use any of these unless love is present in that and self-compassion as I say is, is one of the most important I think being able to apply that self-compassion so, um, I think that brings us to the end of my cleaning demonstration. <laughs> and I'm going to hand you over to Linda, I think, now. So, little uh, change of energy now. So, we would like you to find a couple of people, maybe... No more than five, because otherwise we don't get chance to all share. So maybe three is quite...
quite good. But anyway, you self-select a couple of people that you want to just share with on what you've heard Joe say so far. And uh, it's nice if you if you pal up with somebody you don't know because that always creates a different buzz. And and then we will get you to collectively each group to come up with a question. This is a really nice exercise actually because you all have to agree uh, on the question. So and then I'm going to give you pens and papers so that you can do that. And then what we'll do is then feed those questions back to Joe and then she can fill in some more wherever she feels that the heart might need some more cleaning. Om Shanti. So that's uh, certainly stirred some things up and got you thinking. So that was really very helpful. But uh, in order for Joanna to answer all these questions, we've got rather a lot of questions here. Uh, I think she she needs a little uh, a little stillness, inner stillness. So if we can just have a minute, and then I can. Uh, fire some of these questions. Great. <laughs> I like this. I like this role actually. <laughs> so the the first question is uh, is a nice one. Well, they're all nice ones. They're all different as well. So that's really quite interesting. So this one says, how can we live from a place of love and not fear? Well, beings of love that's who we are so it's it's natural it's more natural for us to live from that space of love but because we try and take our love and you know love and security are very intermingled and we're always trying to take our sense of security from external uh, I mean, I could have, uh, you know, we're trying to come from that love space and inform our attitudes, our beliefs, you know, bring it into our relationships and roles. And then we've got another layer, which is um, society, you know, society, uh, I don't know, um, the environment, you know, another sort of uh, layer, I suppose, uh, or, or another place where we try to take our security from, or, you know, we're trying to take our security from what's going on in our roles and relationships. And when, um, when we can't get that security from our roles, relationships, or from our perception of what's going on in the wider world, for example, then we become fearful. And so that fear goes into our heart. But actually we are beings of love and through um, un really deeply understanding that and experiencing it, and, you know, there is no real sort of shortcut with this kind of thing. Um, we need to do that inner work to find that being of love inside of ourselves. I mean, we are that, that being of love, that being of peace. 
that that being of of you know that sense of security um because those qualities are eternal and all these other things are very temporary and when we're trying to take our security from the, those temporary things you know they they that it's not there and so we become fearful so that's uh, does that answer the question who who's what's the group which no, group no no we can't go into that oh, you've got okay. <laughs> you've got you've got about another 50 questions all right okay sorry <laughs> so short so they short if they haven't if they've not been clarified then people can come and ask you afterwards oh, okay. yeah because because it would be nice to get everybody's uh, questions on here yes. so okay just as you're told <laughs> <laughs> So this one says, what is the best way to forgive somebody? Um, and can forgiveness weaken you? Mm. What is the best way to forgive somebody? <laughs> forgiveness, I think I, I think I have to realize that forgiveness is not weakening myself it's actually empowering myself because when I've got something lodged in my heart or in my uh, mind and it's there and it's festering then that is actually harming me much more than it is the other person that feeling that I have inside myself is not harming them at all you know, it, it's actually harming me. So I suppose there's there's one layer of just deep realization that this is something that I've got to do for me, and then I need to be able to let it go. And I think there are lots and lots of different ways of doing that. And and you know, one way is not going to be the best way you know it's not going to be the best way for one person I think we need to find our uh, different ways of understanding you know it, it, it's very broad isn't it because there's so many different types of forgiveness but sometimes you know things like uh, writing out my feelings um, I, you know some some method of being able to externalize whatever it is that I feel I need to forgive um, and just understanding you, you know there's lots of different types of understanding that I can bring in in terms of you know that this is my learning through that situation and I need to learn my lesson you know whatever it is that I need to know to need to learn to be able to move on so then all the all the emphasis goes on to me and so my reflection my reflection and uh, um Awareness, I would say, awareness and reflection, and you know, whichever method I choose to let go. Okay, so maybe um, this could go a little bit uh, more in that subject of letting go. This is uh, they, this question is about some practical advice on the process of letting go, <laughs> and in particular, ensuring that you don't rub the dirt in deeper. So it's mm. kind of along those lines yeah sorry could you just say it again about uh, just some practical advice on the process of letting go because you've just touched on that um, and in particular not ensuring that you don't rub the dirt in deeper so maybe it's you're thinking about the dirt and it's kind of 
yeah, okay. going in so deeper. You, yeah, something yeah, like that, I yeah, feel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, letting go. I mean, you know, at the moment, there are... We're, 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 at, we're at a period of time where trees are just letting go of their leaves. And, you know, they, you don't see trees saying, well, you know, I really, I can't possibly let go of this leaf, you know, it's, it's just too much. It's just like a natural cycle of things. Uh, that there are, there are times where I need to, you know, bring things into my life, and there are times where I need to let go. And just being able to move with that kind of rhythm. You know, there are different times for doing things. And um, spending that time to, to really uh, go deep into myself and see, you know, what it is that I'm hanging on to and, and whether it's really necessary. And what, you know, what kind of effect is it actually having on me? You know, it's very similar, really, in terms of the last question. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so this one is, um, what cleaning method do I start with, with a heart full of arrogance and anger? So what cleaning method would I use on a, a heart full of arrogance and anger? <laughs> What cleaning method would I start? Uh, well, with arrogance, I need to find that humility. So, arrogance, arrogance is 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 there because it's some kind of, uh, yeah, some kind of <laughs> thank you, some kind of armor, some kind of defense that I've built around myself. So. Uh, in order to to let go of that, I've got to know who I truly am. And when I know my original self, that I am full of, of peace and love and happiness, joy, strength, it means that I don't have to push... You know, arrogance comes from wanting to show people that I'm okay. So I'm always trying to tell people, you, you know, uh, tell people that I'm okay by showing off in some way or um, uh, being arrogant. But where I find that security inside, then I'm able to begin to dismantle those defenses. And I can just allow myself to be who I am because it takes a lot of energy trying to keep all these defenses in place. So finding that inside means that I can express that. I can come from that authenticity. And I don't need to these, uh, you know, all these different masks in place. So, um, so certainly experiencing that is one answer. So what was the other thing? Arrogance and... Arrogance and anger. Anger, yeah. Well, again, anger is something that burns me inside. So uh, I, I need to be able to 
look inside and see what is triggering that. You know, what it is, what it is, what's actually triggering that anger. And taking responsibility for my part in it. Because whatever's triggered off the anger, uh, these are my feelings. You know, the anger is my feeling. And I'm the only one who can actually let go of that. So, you know, anger comes often when I'm blaming somebody else for how I'm feeling. So as soon as I start to, it's like taking, I need to take responsibility for that inner space, that inner area to really keep it clean and clear. And only I can do that. So, um, so taking responsibility is, is the main way, I think, of being able to clear out anger. So this one's uh, also maybe you could add some more to this, what you just said, but uh, this one's about when, when someone's hurt you uh, through, through, through words or, yeah, someone's hurt you in some way, what, what, what other methods can you, you use to, to, to keep above that, like to keep your heart clean above that? Someone's hurt you. So it's not kind of coming across as if it's a protection, but what, you know, maybe what attitude can you, can you, can you use or, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Or how can we respond more with love in situations where people have hurt you? Yeah. Well, hurt... Hurt is, is it's something that I have taken from the situation. So uh, when somebody has hurt me, they generally my perception is that they've said something or they've done something that you know I, I often have expectations that are not met and. When, the, when that person doesn't meet those expectations, I often take that hurt from that situation. So, um, so being able to let go of expectations is really, uh, really important to be able to deal with that hurt. So this, this, th- th- that sort of answer, I think, will cover this question, which is about, this is a little bit more protection um, when faced with difficult outside influences, this inner safeguard, this inner protection, and, and the example was the Syrian situation. So when you're influenced by these scenes through the news, so that this question you've kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. So um, the next one is quite an interesting one as well. Do people living in a less pressured society find it easier to cultivate love and compassion? I think, uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think there's much more space for people to be able to do that. I mean, it, you know, it depends really how much people are doing that inner work. Uh, because I think you can be in a very pressurized society and in some ways it gets, it gets you to really look inside much more deeply. Uh, but, 
where there is that uh, busyness and we just get distracted, then uh, it's, it's very difficult to create that space, I think, to really look inside and do the work that's, that's needed. Um, yeah, so I, I think it, 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 it really depends on the individual and what they're doing. Uh, obviously, I think if you have a bit more space in your life, it's, it's easier to be able to see what's going on. Uh, but, um, but it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the case. It does depend very much on the individual work that you're doing in your life, yeah. So maybe we can just put these two questions together. This is, um, how can we obtain a, a loving space if we're not in the right frame of mind or environment? Um, we appreciate meditation is good, but is but are there other ways to achieve a clean heart? And if we could just put that with the question of how will meditation help our awareness? So you've used the word awareness quite a few times. So maybe you could maybe clarify what medita how meditation will help because maybe you haven't gone into that in in, in maybe a little bit more detail you could go into. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, just could you just say it again? Yeah. Well, how can we obtain that loving space mm. if we're not in the right frame of mind or environment? So that was one part, and then the second part says we appreciate meditation is good, but are there other ways to achieve a clean heart? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. one question. But I was trying to link it in with this question also which is how will meditation help awareness? So it's, it's got a connection with that. Mm. So maybe you could clarify the meditation part first. first, and Because you've given some other ways to, to keep a clean heart already in some of your other answers. Mm-hmm. So how does meditation help awareness? Um, meditation... That's really the starting point of, of meditation, is to create more awareness of what's going on inside myself, first of all. Uh, and being able to uh, be aware of that. Uh, and the first thing that I need to be aware of really is my thoughts and the way that I'm actually thinking about something. Because it's only by being aware of my thoughts that I can actually change the direction that I'm going in. Because the first part was to do with your thinking. You're not in the right frame of mind and the environment's not right. Yeah. So I was just linking it with maybe a little explanation of what meditation is about because maybe some people think that you're just sitting there thinking nothing. So uh, I was just connecting it with that. Yeah. Yeah, so in meditation, um, I of myself as a soul, as a, as a, in terms of my inner being, and uh, focusing on on that and being able to create thoughts relating to that 
And so I go much more deeply into that experience. Okay, someone uh, has asked uh, the cloth. What was that a metaphor, a metaphor for? Uh, the cloth? Which cloth was that? It doesn't say which cloth. It just says a cloth, the cloth. Yes, uh, well, this was for uh, light cleaning. Uh, and that was about um, being aware of, uh, first of all, acknowledging what was inside and being able to let go of that. Uh, and then there was uh, deeper uh, cleaning, which was being able to be, first of all, aware and acknowledging uh, what was going on inside, and then um, being able to apply something, some, some spiritual wisdom or some quality to be able to uh, clear it. And that was the other one. And uh, then there was the polishing, which was about polishing my uh, inequalities. So really bringing them out. So uh, this is the second to last one. Um, how to be detached from praise and blame. Being detached from praise... So I need to uh, be in my own state of, of real self-respect to be detached from praise. Because when I'm trying to pull in my self-respect from something external to myself, then um, I'm relying on that external thing. And so as soon as, as, soon as somebody starts to criticize me, then I begin to you know, my, my feelings start to go down. So I, I actually need to find that stability inside, that inner space where I can really feel that security. And then um, I, I'm not pulling in that praise from external things or from other people. Um, I'm not you know, building up my self-esteem on that basis. Uh, so with with blame i've got to i've really got to take that 100% responsibility for what's going on inside myself uh and it's up to me you know it's like when i when i have a feeling it's my feeling and uh, i've got to be able to to deal with that and to be able to change it Blaming somebody else for how I'm feeling, then I'm not taking that responsibility. I'm just projecting. In fact, because uh, often the stuff that gets lodged in my heart, uh, rather than me actually dealing with that, instead I project it outside. I, you know, I project it onto other people. And so by really taking responsibility for it, then I'm no longer, um, uh, you know, I cease to do that projection. 
And that's really what the, the deep cleaning process is all about. It's, it's about clearing out the stuff that's got accumulated and that then gets projected outside. Uh, and when I clear it out, I mean, when I really clear out, then, you know, ultimately, I wouldn't, I w- there wouldn't be any kind of reaction. You know, if somebody said something, there wouldn't be any kind of reaction. But that that's kind of quite a high-level place to be in, to be able to just have that, just be in that space of that pure heart, pure heart or brave heart, if you like. Uh, and um, so that's really um, you know, being able to clear that out uh, helps me to do that. You know, it helps me to stop blaming other people for what's actually inside of myself. And if you did that inner work, how does it make you feel? If you did that inner work? Yeah. Very clear and clean and aware. I would be completely aware of... Uh, and, and free, I suppose, because... Um, I would, I could choose my response in any given situation because I wouldn't be just dictated by my old conditioning and my old uh, patterns. I would be completely in that space of knowing, you know, being able to give that person what it is that they actually needed at the time rather than um, you, you know because uh, the focus otherwise tends to be on myself um, whereas when I when my heart is clear of all that stuff then I'm actually in a position of being able to give something rather than being able to protect, you know, I always have to protect myself otherwise. Well, you'll be glad to know that you have... uh... (laughs) We finished the questions. Thank you very much. And a little hand of applause, I think, for for that. Because... I think that's the, 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 the largest amount of questions we've asked any speaker that we've had. So, yes, well, so well done. You. And the questions were really good. If, if you feel that um, the question hasn't been answered, you, you can ask Joe at the end. And now we're going to, if we can go into some meditation now, I think. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. to take us idea. from, uh, <laughs> from thinking about the self into thinking about others. Because on, on the third Sunday of the month, this isn't the third Sunday, but on the third Sunday of the month, all the BK centers around the world, which is in over 135 countries, we have one hour of meditation specifically for world peace. I mean, we have an hour every morning for world peace individually, but this is a collective, uh, and third Sunday was actually last Sunday because it's the 22nd today, but uh, we, we in Brighton have an hour of meditation specifically for the world. So we have got uh, just over, well, just about 30 minutes left. So it'd be nice if Joe leads us into 
a little meditation takes us into our clean heart and then we can send those clean vibrations out into the world and then we will finish with some announcements okay to really settle into your chair and become aware of how your body feels and let go of any tension concerns or worries just be aware of how you are feeling right now check into your heart Is there anything that I'm holding in my heart? Is there anything that I'm holding on to? Because when I go inside, I can find that inner space. That place deep inside. that pure heart where there is love and peace and purity in that mirror of my heart I can see my feelings clearly and when I have that clarity And see if there's any anything that's lodged in my heart.
and then I can surround those feelings. with love and compassion. Self-compassion is that way of melting the dirt that I hold in my heart particularly about myself and I feel I've made a mistake done what I wanted to do. I felt that I should have done. And I need to come back to this space. surround myself like a big hug with that warmth and that understanding Understanding melts melts and dissolves all those areas of pain or sadness and I open up my heart to the light that I can see all the dark corners and not be afraid of them. But just know that they are there. And the more that I empower myself feel that strength 
and power from within. And the easier it is for me to heal those dark corners. And in that healing, so many of the blockages are removed. And then my energy can flow freely. And that love energy, which I use firstly to heal my own heart, then my heart can expand. and reaches out to connect with other hearts that may be suffering or may be in pain. I hold Those good wishes and pure feelings I hold them and as I hold them and nurture them They grow. And that reaching out everyone in the whole world so that there is a flow of love reaching out even into those darkest corners of the world and forms like a matrix of light and that matrix is empowered by the divine light 
like a spiritual sun. Warming. And healing. Sending that healing energy throughout that whole matrix. And all of us as spiritual beings, we are connected through our thoughts and feelings. So when I hold on to bitterness or frustrations, then what is it that I'm contributing to? darkness by holding on to my own light and opening myself to the divine light in this way Focus on what it is that we want to give to the world at this time. What is the quality? What is the feeling? That I want to send through this matrix. All this way that we are all connected. And can I, in the remaining time of this meditation, really focus on that feeling? Feel it traveling and entering. aware that vibration does travel and does affect so choose now 
what you would like to send. What gift you would like to give. Through your vibrations in this room. 